Hello, Chris here from the Movie Bunker podcast. Just letting you know that there is a little bit of a quality issue with the recording on this episode. I did what we can to reduce some of the feedback that we were getting from a mobile device that was close to the mic, but I hope it doesn't influence your listening too much. So enjoy. Welcome to the Movie Bunker Podcast. The Movie Bunker? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker Podcast with me, Chris. And <laughs> me, Matt. Sorry, I was moving my chair. Yeah. Uh, adjusting the furniture. It's a new bunker. Yeah, like this in, bunker. We're in Shay Bunker Chris today. Shay Bunker Chris. It's nice. It's kind of eerie. There is a large spider behind you, Chris, by the way. Where? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Fred. <laughs> Don't worry about him. Yes, so the Movie Bunker podcast is the podcast that reviews... Uh, Movie Bunkers. <laughs> uh, yeah, we review critically panned films with with the, the premise that we, we find something good to say about them, but not necessarily all the time, if if probably never. Probably uh, and, and actually, it's more of the cases that we haven't, I suppose, so far found a film that's been critically panned that we've both enjoyed to the point where we would take it out. Maybe these critics know what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean... I mean, that's, that's going to... If we suddenly come to this realisation, it's going to throw this podcast into ruins, absolute ruins, because yeah. we're betting that at some point they and everybody else was wrong about a film. Who'd have thunk it? I mean, if you're a professional critic, then, yeah, the people... It's your job uh, to criticise or critique films. I don't like critics. I want to disagree with them. Yeah, I think you can disagree with critics, but... Can I, Chris? <laughs> you can. You're allowed, but um, the general public, those who probably, I don't know. What don't... about people without podcasts? Are they allowed to disagree? They do on internet forums <laughs> and do. IMDb. There's plenty of uh, good reviews out there for these films so That's far, true. as you know. And if you've listened to our podcast before, you will be aware of the, the basic structures. We'll talk about the film, scenes that we enjoyed, <laughs> scenes that we are, no, are, no, are notable uh, and then at the end, we'll read some re- reviews out that we find online that potentially, or you know, actually. Well, let's balance the books. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Balance the books. So if we if we love it, then we'll find reviews that hate it, and if we, yeah, if we hate it, then we find reviews that love it. And balance a, the books. Because a lot, a lot of people enjoy the films that are critically panned. They haven't said what the film is. Whose choice was it? It was your. choice. It was my choice. So you are responsible for this shit show. I am. And so the choice was. Paul Blart Mall Cup 2. Being a security officer was easy. Anybody could do it. After six years of keeping malls safe, take someone who has spidey senses. Oh! I'm seeing That's clean glass. Paul Blart is ready for anything. Someone's taken down the hotel. There's a lip on that carpet. Someone's going to have to call that in. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. It's got no tagline. That's just it. The second Blart. They obviously saved some money on the old uh, marketing. Because they, 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 there's nothing. I mean, most films of this ilk that have a two yeah. kind of have like, you know... I know what you mean. Daddy's yeah. Back Home or... Yeah, yeah. The Return of the Blart. <laughs> that would have worked. They could have just that gone with Return of the Blart. Worked, yeah. Yeah. The Blart Strikes Back. I mean, yeah. any, any of it. Star um, Blart. Once Blart, <laughs> never forgotten. Blart me once... 
Shame on you. Shame on everyone. Shame on all. Um, so this was the sequel that nobody wanted, I guess, or, or no one asked for specifically, but obviously they did. Uh, Sony Pictures thought it would be a good idea to do a second one. Um, and it's six years since Paul Blart Mall Cop, the first one. This, this is impressive, though, because um, they, they kept the timeline. They, they kept canon between yeah. the actual period of time between the first one and the second one and the actual period of time that elapsed between right. the first film and the second film. It's been six years since the incident of the first one, which you haven't seen. No, I was going to say, I've not seen Paul Blart Mall Cop, um, so I've gone, in, I've gone in hard to the second one. I'm a virgin, a Paul Blart virgin. Can we agree on a shortening, by the way? Because saying Paul Blart Mall Cop 1 or 2 is, can we just call it Blart? Yeah, Blart, the Blart film. The Blart film. I think that's a reasonable is it? Uh, I don't want to confuse people, but <laughs> I just know that I'm going to end up crying trying to say yeah. Paul Blart Mall Cop. We could, show, we could just call it the shit film that we <laughs> just shit watched. Today's shit film. Yeah. A lot of the information we talk about tonight, you can find on IMDb. It's kind of like our source for all the... Uh, the shite that goes along with this podcast. So I'm uh, no, read... I use Wikipedia also. Okay, Wikipedia. Name check those guys as well. They do some great work. They <laughs> do great work. <laughs> so the premise, not the premise, but this is the synopsis. This is the, the plop, plop synopsis. The plop synopsis, excuse me. The plop synopsis then is Paul Blark is back and better than ever <laughs> after six years of upholding Subjective. and protecting the public citizens of his local mall in West Orange, New Jersey. His wife of six days leaves him and he loses his mum unexpectedly. Then Paul receives a letter that invites him and his daughter out to Las Vegas for a security uh, convention for the elite mall cops. He is pulled into action to save his kidnapped daughter from art thieves at the Wynn Hotel and Resort. So very exciting stuff as premised there. That's commonly written all over it when you yeah. read that out. What are your initial thoughts then, uh, Matthew, on the sequel? Let me let me set the scene for you, Chris. Okay. All right. You phone me up and go, we've got to do the podcast because we're running out of podcasts. And I go, okay, we've got to do the podcast. We're running out of podcasts. Yeah. Father's Day comes round. Oh. Oh, the most hallow of all days. Yeah. And I'm led in bed and I'm thinking to myself, right. Treat myself. Tomorrow's the England match. I don't <laughs> want to watch it then. And then we're doing it on Tuesday. So I'm going to give myself a little early morning treat. <laughs> well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, go and on. So I, and so I watched this film resplendent in my pants in bed. <laughs> the best place for more The best part. place for more cop. Blot. Blot, the blot. Blot 2. So there I was, I watched it, and um, I wasn't impressed. I mean, unlike you, I have seen the first one, and yeah. I don't know why I've seen the first one. I have. I've made many mistakes in my life. and It's on Netflix, probably, and you had nothing else, or you were drunk. But um, I like Kevin James. I... I think we talked about this once before, where we sort of grew up with King of Queens. Yeah, we talked about it in the last when we decided what film to do. Last podcast, we so decided. So we, we, we thought well, we like him, so there's a good chance that this this might be redeemable. But I only like Kevin James in King of Queens, the sitcom um, from the noughties, I guess. But this, uh, from from what I can gather, he's been shit in everything else, or he's been. In... He's not really made a breakthrough in the old no. film thing. No, but he, wasn't he in Hitched with? Um... 
He was Will Smith. Hitched, yeah. Which I think I've seen. He was all right in it, actually. Um, so this film was uh, directed by Andy Fickman. Andy Fickman, producer, director, and he was an actor at some point as well. He did Race to Witch Mountain, uh, which it's got to be great because it's got the rock in it. Um, he did Anaconda. He did She's the Man. And he's done lots of sort of... The game plan. Yeah, Midland, kind of safe. Quite a few things with Kevin James. Yeah. Kevin Can Wait, Kevin James Never Don't Give Up TV special. Well, have you got any other um, s- snippets of uh, facts in terms of the budget there, Matthew? Yes, I do. So, um, very much like um, Jack and Jill. <laughs> Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do! It still haunts my closed eyes yeah, these days. Yeah. Um, you can see why they make these films, because they make money mm-hmm. um, this film cost 30 million that's not including um, they got like a 5-6 million maybe more rebate from the Nevada they had a because I've noticed with these films they only really film in places where there's some sort of tax break or rebate Okay, so they get money, money to actually that. make these films so uh, the budget was 30 million it made bank of 107 million dollars so there's going to be a third one, and a seven, six, Watch seven. Watch face. <laughs> yeah, no, they make, they do make money, don't they? They make money. Mm. I don't. Ugh. So yeah, um, the majority of the money was made in America. I think it was like eighty million or something, and then thirty million pounds over overseas. These figures won't include subsequent Blu-ray, DVD, DVD, yeah. DVD, DVD, and obviously Netflix sales. And yeah. then obviously it'll go in terrestrial TV and they'll pay money for it as well. Yeah, those fools. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Um, yeah. So these films make money, so they're not going to stop making them. I, I don't mean Paul Blart, more Cop 2, but like, you know, Here Comes the Boom, Grown Ups, Jack and Jill, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, all of oh, these kinds yes. of. That's, that's going to be a good one for the future. <laughs> I nearly chose that one. But no, I want to get off the, the Sandler. Get off the Sandler train, man. Yeah, we've got to start riding that man. To, yeah, to the bank. But they're, they're always they they critically don't do well. But there is obviously a core audience. I think they're really clever with their launch dates as well. So right. like April, you know, this is mm-hmm. kind of they they launch it between sort of like um, half terms in the UK and stuff like that. So there's no big from so everyone's like all the Christmas stuff's gone away. The big summer blockbusters haven't started. So it's kind of like the, the dead water of the cinema period where nothing's on. And you yeah. do get these habitual cinema goers that will just go and watch any fucking thing because... Yeah, it's a date night. Or, it's day a, night they, or they got a pass. Yeah, or two for one. Yeah. Midweek special. Exactly, and, and there's nothing on. So what do you go? You, you recognise the faces. And then Happy Madison Productions makes some more money. Yeah, they're dead. Yeah, I mean there is yes, I say there's there's a there's an audience for these this drivel. I mean some, I think, and I got I got an opinion about these these films, and you can put them in a pigeonhole because they're like that the Happy Madison pigeon pigeon, the hole <laughs> is that they work as small vignettes or small as trailers. They, they work, work as, as sorry yeah. right okay yeah they work as trailers, but the feature film is. Is an elongated, laboured, yeah, bad joke. So when you see the trailer for Blart Blart <laughs> Two, it's actually not bad. You can see there's there's funny stuff in it. It's, it's like I don't laugh. I don't laugh. I wouldn't ever dream of laughing. I can't laugh at this stuff. But you know, I might go. Huh. Yeah, I get that. I can see yeah, that yeah. would pull people in. It's silly humour. <laughs> slapstick. It's so these these films are based off of five 
decent humorous moments. Yeah, yeah. Which are then crammed into a trailer and then yeah. stretched out yeah. for, for the cinema. Yeah, that's my thoughts. That's my take on it. Is but this in, the, is in this specific film, so from the first one to this one, the, the character of Paul Blart has been pushed to 11. So where um, he was just a kind of like, I guess all these films are fundamentally based on the Inspector Clouseau sort of um, unfortunate, lucky, unlucky, but fundamentally lucky. The underdog, bumbling fool. The underdog coming good, or yeah, the the unexpected hero. Yeah, who who you know through accident and other reason, other methods, mostly accident, either saves a day or defeats the bad guy. So yeah. um, we have Inspector Clouseau and the Pink Panther films to uh, to blame for this, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, in the in the first one, it was very much um, you know it played a uh, key, but in this one, it, the thing that annoyed me most was. Um, and there's many things that annoy me in this film, um, was the overblown like uh, mannerisms of the Blart yeah. um, in his ways of sort of speaking with people. Because like, I think if it was dialed back a bit and just, you know, more internalised, then um, then you would get... I mean, Inspector Clouseau was... Is, you know, Pink Panther is, is you know, seminal. It's fantastic. And there's various bits that kind of... Yeah, yeah. And, and for physical comedy, I mean... There were some times when he was like running around and things, and it put me very much in mind of John Belushi in uh, Animal House. Okay, yes, that. when he was doing, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, the fat man jumping thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Well, yeah, they play they play the 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 fat joke far too often. I mean, there's I mean, there's there's a lot of body shaming in this film, and I think that's <laughs> a bit sad because um, there yeah. is there is this is uh, done. There's there's attractive people in it, and yeah, very very at the start, it's like you know, as a fat person, this this person isn't for you or, or even attainable in any yeah, simple form. Yeah. And that, and Kevin James is overweight, so he he's, he is and he's playing his own. It's almost like he's agreeing. He's written some probably the, the gags, the, the fat gags himself. I guess he would approve it anyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I thought I just thought that was a bit odd, and not not a modern take on things really. No, so no. Not so could we? Should we go? Should we just do an outline of the storyline? Yes. So essentially, okay. I didn't see Paul Blart more cop one, right? So, no. but I know because they set up with a little bit of a prelude, right? Yes. So he gets. Well, they have to get rid of all of the actors yes. that are in the first one because they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't join again. No. So they've gone. They've like his wife's left him. Um, Shelley Winters. Um, his his mum dies in a really horrible bit of CGI. Yes, but and quite brutally, she gets run Brutal. over by milk chocolate. So, yeah. so Paul Blart loses everything. He's got everything out. That he's obviously he, he achieved pinnacle Blartness at the end of the it, first. He's basically film. pushed reset on his ass. Yes, it's it's like yeah to keep him sad and lonely and, and he, the fact they couldn't afford. And it's it quite sad. I mean, he loses his wife. Yeah. After six weeks, six days, six days, and then he loses his mum. Uh, horribly and a tragic milk uh, milk truck accident, um, and then he but he gets hope because he gets a letter. He gets to go to a convention in Las Vegas with his daughter. So it's kind of like a little road trip. So this is the the, the sort of like the part of the sort of later lattery plot. Yeah, and there's a, there's another. There's that two. She's plots got her uh, acceptance to somewhere. She's going to UCLA. She's going to better herself. So she's she's, she's going to leave home. She's going to fly the nest and yeah. But then she realises that will make him very sad. Because of the circumstances. He's going to be on his own again and she feels guilty, so she keeps it from him. 
yeah, so she keeps it from him and then they, they go on this trip, this convention, and um, he's a keynote speaker, or he is or he isn't, he's not quite sure, we're not quite sure, it's alluded to, but he meets other uh, mall cops or security guards at this convention, um, some he knows or some of So it follows the, the really uh, obvious sequel path, so just like Spider-Man in Spider-Man 2 introduced sort of more villains and more heroes... In Mall Cop 2, we have the same thing. We have a, a bigger villain and we have um, a, 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 a bigger group of an ensemble cast of, yes. of Mall Cops. And they're all hilarious to look at. Yeah, they've all got little um, quirks and they're all different, yes. All have weight issues. Again. Yeah, they do, yes. So yes. the underdogs, once again in this film, are yeah. all fatties. Yeah. All as a fatty, I can say that as well. All their, yeah, all their... What do you mean, yeah? So they're at this convention and... Um, uh, funnily enough, at the same time, there is a art heist going on at the yes. same time. So there is. So this is the criminal activity that Paul Blart must Can quash. Can I take this point to go through the cast? Yes. Because um, mostly, apart from Kim and James, um, all kind of either unknowns or uh, people that have worked with him on um, King of Queens, so like Gary Valentine. Um, yeah, yeah, he's in it, and the the other uh, one of the other uh, cops. Um, but there's um, I, I looked this guy up. Uh, where can I find his name? Hold on a second. What's his name? Where is he? Neil McDonough. Mel, Neil Neil McDonough. He's been in lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Like yeah. so, I mean, there is no way if you watch any films at all, you won't look at Neil McDonough and go, oh, "I recognise that guy. Where do I know him from?" And the answer is everything. Yeah, this guy does about. Five films a year, notably like Minority Report, Captain America. He's been in big films. Oh, he was Dum Dum. Dum Dum Duggan. Um, so he's also been in the TV series as well, because that's what he'd been in. He, he just Desperate, works. Desperate Housewives, he was a main character in that for many he years. Was. Yeah. Um, but he also does computer... Not that I watched it. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but he also does like computer games and cartoons, his okay. voice work as well. This guy works for yeah. a living. Oh, good, good. Good for him. Good but, for him. And he, cho- and he had one eye different to the other, which is an obvious yeah. sign of a bad guy. Yeah. Or David Bowie is one of the two. Yeah, so he's got like a, a mismatching eye colour. So that's, yeah, as you say, a dead giveaway. But he, he's he got this um, almost like a crack squad of criminals, high-functioning, high-functioning. <laughs> so he's got like a, a band of criminals and they've got this very elaborate heist thing going on with loads of gadgets and it, it just juxtaposes with the film. But terribly. is it... Is it an elaborate heist, though, Chris? Because this yeah. is something that I was uh, nearly made me smack my face with the iPad um, as I was <laughs> trying to stay awake. Is that so? They they have this thing, right? So you, you get this very familiar setup. So like this this team get together. It's clearly like a, a security guard that's been put in the place, and you have like a, the computer guy mm. and um, an, an attractive woman who's actually Kevin James's wife who says nothing in the whole entire film. Yeah. Adam um, Sandler's wife's in it too, isn't she? Yeah, she's in the bar as the girl gets hit on. Yeah. No, so no. they have this, right? And then the, the, the computer guy and then graphics, right? And then, but then it, it just occurs to me, right, that this art they're trying to nick is just on shelves. Yeah. On shelves <laughs> in random yeah. places in the hotel, right? Yeah, yeah, and their yeah. way of stealing this precious artwork in the greatest security known to man, yeah. according to them at the beginning of the film, there's, there's no security, that's Las Vegas. The other yeah, guy's yeah. like, oh, I'm not saying anything stole, right? Their, their way of just, um, stealing it 
is to put a USB in the plinth that it's on (laughs) and then put it in a bag and walk away. Yeah, lots of diversion. One diversion. diversion. diversion, A woman drops a handbag. But the thing is, it wasn't even security guards that that were stood there that were diverted. No. It was just some passers-by who probably wouldn't have given a shit if they'd have just... They, the way they should have done this, right? Yeah. They're going to have saved them a fortune in a computer hacker, an attractive lady, and an, uh, probably ex-military um, security guards. Yes. Save them a fortune. They could have bought f- seven high-vis vests, right? Yes. And at the same time, walked up to the artwork, picked it up, and walked out of the fucking building. No one said anything to them. No one said it because they're in high-vis. But they um, also, Matthew, they also carry the artwork in see-through bags. Yeah. Apart from one piece that they have a weird hollowed out bin that they put it in. Oh, God. To, you know, to really up the, the elaborate high-tech heist thing. Yeah. But also the hotel is very small. I mean, obviously... But the the Winter Hotel's massive. It's massive. And they, they would have a huge security force. Yes, but um, they're, they're in the presidential suite, aren't they? Or, they or are. there's a party going on in the presidential suite. This is the other thing that's weird. <laughs> so, pro- so all this stuff's happening. Uh, Kevin James, Kevin James, uh, Mr. Blart, is walking around with his charm. Officer Blart. Officer Blart, beg your pardon. He's going to the convention. On, on, he's, on, he's in the, in the hall or the convention rooms looking at all the gadgets, all the new equipment that's being re- launched. We go, ah, right at the beginning of the film, we say, well, that's, that's going to be That's going to be in the film. That's going to be in the film. So yeah. he's looking at guns that shoot bean bags, guns that drop mob marbles. There's a, uh, a foam, sticky foam squirting gun. And all these stalls are showing their wares and they're walking around and there's a little bit of confrontations going on. But there's like, like yes, one up and ship is what I'm looking to say uh, between the guards that are on site and the guards that are coming to visit and walk around and, this is all happening, and then this is other subplot of um, the daughter. What's her name? Uh, Maya. Maya, who still hasn't told his her dad that she's got this letter. Meets a guy who yeah. works at the Win, who does everything there. He's a he's a poor guy. He's a poor guy. He's in the ballet. Bar. He's a valet. Sorry, I'm just repeating everything you say. <laughs> say <doing> inverted. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and he uh, he takes a shine to her. He does. A bit weird. It seems because genuine. He, Oh, well, it's genuine enough, but I mean, he's they get on very well, very quickly. I thought, yeah. Um, but anyway, that doesn't matter. That's good for. Good I mean, for them. this guy clearly fucks his way through summer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. there is yeah. no the way the, the speed he cracks onto his door. He yeah. clearly recognizes someone vulnerable with low self esteem that he can pick up and manipulate, pump yeah. and, yes. leave. and leave. Because eventually she's going to leave the hotel. Yeah. So yeah, we'll keep in touch and then yeah. delete, delete, delete. Um, <laughs> yeah, my number is uh, one, three, seven, yeah. eight, eight. Is that enough numbers? No. Four, <laughs> seven. Oh man, I've been texting her. So you know, she's um, she's gonna be she's gonna be heartbroken at some point. Well, she goes. She gets invited to a party by him. She does. Uh, uh, which is in. Basically, he's got a he's got a deal with the the, the people that work in the hotel. What the people that cleaners? He said, didn't he? Right. So he's got a thing with the cleaners where they tell him if high rollers check out. Yeah. Early. Ooh. So that if they check out early, they go and use the room. Yeah. So they use the room for a party. But um, plastic cups. I've still never been to a plastic cup American party. No. That's no, on the no. that's on the bucket list. Yeah. Chug, to do. chug, chug, chug. Got to be red ones as well. Red plastic like, cups. Can't be yeah. fuck. If I turned up to an American party and someone didn't give me a ras- red plastic cup full yeah. of alcohol, I would be sorely disappointed. It's a very strong punch and there'd be someone upside down doing a keg of yeah. beer. 
And I'd have to go naked and draw like a face on my distended gut. Yeah, or, or just squirty cream or whatever you do. We're an appy. Um, she, she, no, no, she get, they're having a nice time at the party. She decides to check in on her dad. Does she do something anyway? This doesn't really matter. She, well, she has loads of missed calls because he, this is at the same time that he realises he is going to be the keynote speaker because the, ah, the, yes. guy, the guy who's meant to be a keynote speaker um, gets trashed. Tries to hit on Adam Sandler does what? This is a weird little vignette piece where not very nice. He he tries to level the water, then he just passes out. So no other option. They've decided that Paul Blart Mall Cop um, will do the keynote speech. Um, but and at the same, he's trying to then ring his daughter. Well, hang on, we've some, we've missed a bit of the plot because she does actually tell him, and I think. He wants to. She tells him that yes. he, that she's going to this university, but he doesn't. Have a fight in the restaurant. He, no, she doesn't. He doesn't quite like that idea. I'm not sure why, because he want, he's going to be on his own essentially. He's going to be lonely. Um, so they they fall out. So she goes to the party. Yes. He then gets. He thinks, well, I'm going to do the the speech. So I want I want her to know so that she can come and be proud of me as my you know be yeah. proud of her daddy. But she can't. Get, he can't get through to her. And um, so he has the missed calls. So she goes off to listen to the calls uh, into the room adjacent or next to the party But it looks room. like she goes into the hallway where you'd normally... I mean, I've been to some hotels. Well, we've been I mean, to I've Vegas. Been to, yeah, I've never been to a presidential suite. But it looks like she goes no. into like the hallway that leads then to the toilet inside the same... Yeah. And then she's walking around trying to get out of the, the, yes. the, the music. Oh, I can't hear the music, so I'm going to go find somewhere a bit quieter. Goes through one room and then the the the, the heist gang just yeah. stood there. She walked straight into the HQ yeah. of um the heist uh, the heist. And I just couldn't work out how the fuck she got there, yeah. or yeah. why why would they not go? Sounds like there's a party next doors. Well, I'm guessing that there is not even next doors in what appears to be the same apartment because yeah. no keys or locks. No, no, were... no, 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 no. There's nothing locked. No, no people can come and go <laughs> into the uh, heist headquarters. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think something happened. Uh, no, I think something happened. I think some some plot basically may have got jettisoned along the way there. I think a transitional period. But yeah, he decide. She walks in, gets captured. She sees something that she said someone's about to die or get killed. Or anyway, someone has a gun. So she sees. She's done. essentially she sees the. Um, and then there's another this weird infinite room of doors. She runs off. <laughs> they can't find her inside of this. Apartment. Well, her boyfriend turns up as well. Oh, the new boyfriend turns up as well. So they both get captured. Yeah, but she runs off first. Well, doesn't she? She runs she? off to the bathroom. She like runs off and then she manages to get hold That's of. That's right. Yes. Like in a scene not dissimilar to Taken. Right. She's, yes. She's yes. like. Daddy, yeah. 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 And he's yeah. like, "Oh, let me see because he's already reported her missing once, uh, and that was then pooed because she was just at the pool. So it was over Right. Right. So she's on the phone. Oh, they're gonna come and get me. She's like, stay on the phone. Yeah, have yeah. a certain set of skills. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. So then they find her in this weird elaborate labyrinth of rooms. That's it within the same room apparently because again no locks or doors are opened. <laughs> Vincent is the name of the the man the, the head art thief guy, right? Yes. Trying to describe this film really emphasises how confused it is as yeah. a piece of work because as well as all this going on there's the weird woman from reception that he uh, accused of fancying her yes and then through 
gaslighting her, she f- falls in love with him slowly throughout the film. Well, she sees him brave. Sweaty lip. Yeah. Then yeah. she watches this keynote speech, which makes her very well, happy. Well, the, he goes ahead with the keynote speech, but isn't the keynote speech is actually good. He, go, he goes down like a, a yeah, storm. He kills it. He does do a very good speech, I must say. So everyone's enjoying the speech. He's, he's uh, helped someone today. Yes. Um, it's a good motto. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't in the middle of a shit comedy, yeah. there's something that you could I would get by. behind him as a, as a mall cop, uh, yeah. or security guard, as we call them in the UK. Help someone today. Yeah. He, he comes out of the um, he comes out of the, the keynote speech. He's, done, he's quite hyped up. He tries to find her. There's a phone call. He takes the phone call, and on the other line, it's not his daughter, it's Vincent, the head honcho, right? And he basically says, I'm going to kill your daughter. Who is this? This is Officer Paul Bart from the West Orange Pavilion Mall. Who am I speaking with? Oh, don't you worry about that. Well, that's not fair. I already told you my name. Now, where's my daughter? Your your daughter? Oh, you don't know when to shut your mouth, do you? Listen, I don't think you have a clue to who you're messing with. Actually, I don't need a clue. You just told me. And if you decide to go to the real cops, attempt to track this cell phone or make any attempt to come after me, oh boy, I am so crazy. I'll put you and your daughter in a world of pain. Yeah. Well, here's a few things you don't know about me. First off, pain is my co-pilot, so no problem then. And second off, we are the... Hello. 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 Hello? Strange. So he is hypoglycemic. This was something uh, that was in the first one. Right. Where, um, yeah, and in opportune time, his blood sugar crashes and he passes out. Correct. So he passes out in the middle of this mall. So <laughs> so he passes out and then wakes up and then he sees, because he needs sugar. Yes. He needs sugar to make him better again. <laughs> like Popeye spinach or... Yeah. The removal of kryptonite for Superman. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, Fat Man, James. Yes. You know, playing the Fat Man stereotype even more. Yeah. Requires sugar, right? So yeah. he sees this small child with a drippy, drippy strawberry cone. Yeah. And he sort of belly rolls over, wiggles like a snake to lap up the drips. Yes, he's, he, he, yes he lies down directly underneath the dripping ice so cream. I'm watching this, right? And I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck is no one helping this guy? <laughs> yeah. yes. It's in the middle of... It's not like a quiet corner of somewhere. It's in the middle of all... You can see people walking past. Yeah, he's in, he's in, a, he's in a busy he's in shopping distress. mall. Yeah, he's in a shopping mall within a, a very busy, popular... Also, uh, the, the man holding the daughter is talking to his wife. She would see this strange <laughs> fat man. Sliding underneath his daughter <laughs> to lick ice cream. To boy. lick ice cream, yeah. And you'd go, "What are oh, you doing, mate?" Yeah. Or you, oh, geez, as a good human being, you'd probably go, "Help someone today." Help someone today. You'd be like, "Are you okay?" And he'd be like, "Oh, I'm actually hypoglycemic. I really could do some sugar." And he'd probably yeah. go, "Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll have the ice cream. Have, have the it. ice cream. Yeah. I can have it. I'll give my daughter another one. Yes, it's fine. Problem. We're on holiday. These things aren't a problem yeah, to us. Yeah, yeah. But no, apparently in America." If I could ignore someone, if they, well, he's an, he must be in the, the, the poor, invisible walker. 
Yeah, despite his size, he was, uh, yeah, stealthy. Stealth ninja, more cool. He's done the Drax thing. He's managed to learn how to become invisible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah you he think... gets, like, three drips of ice cream and he's, he's, he's fine. He's back on it. He's... There's a there's a very funny scene. Okay. What a what? No, no, there is a scene with him fighting a bird uh, in a tranquility garden. Yeah, that's before is, the keynote. Is it right? Yes, it's him preparing for the keynote. But that's just a notable scene. There's a chap playing the piano whilst you know playing some relaxing music while Kevin James is fighting a like a a stork or some sort of exotic bird. I think um, it was a grey crested heron. Well, ah, uh, yeah. Well, no, you, I thought. Well, Matthew's going to know this because he knows his birds. Uh, <laughs> but this this fight scene, which is half oh, the bird, com- yeah, it's kind of computer generated and live action puppets. I think at the same time, yeah, we're in agreement this time. Unlike the parrot in yeah, Jack and Jill, which we're not Jill. really sure if it's chocolate covered or not. No, but it. it's long. Yeah, it's long, isn't it? Isn't it long? It's it's over long, and it goes on, yeah. and on, and I can get it. I can understand having a little fisticuffs with an aggressive bird. I can get that. That would be funny, right? This isn't a funny film at all. And the fact that he's asking for help from a, a, a very suave, uh, smiling smiling piano player who's just nodding politely whilst Kevin James is being assaulted quite violently by this bird. Yeah. You know, there's drop kicks and, you know, all sorts of wrestling moves going on. So it's not, it's not a, 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 an animal-friendly uh, <laughs> scene. I didn't see the American Humane thing at the end, I have to admit. Okay, maybe so, it wasn't CJ. Maybe he really just punched a shit out of several herons. Yeah, yeah. So that's the scene I thought was of note. Can I? Um, there's something that then ties in, uh, which goes later in the film and back to this point because this, this, this is the first kind of like physical action we see in like action fighty action. Yeah. Um, and he gets pecked in the face several times. Um, Later on, he uh, goes into a suitcase, bounces down some stairs. It's a bulletproof suitcase. Yeah, yeah, and um, then he's, he's in various fights and stuff. Not a single scratch appears no. on this guy. Well, he I, is unbreakable. Yeah, no, I think he is. Um, he's not M Night Shyamalan's. Shyamalan's. He's, he's the, he'll be in the fourth M Night Shyamalan. Yeah. So it's going to be unbreakable, split, and then Paul Block Mall Cop Three. He's going to tie them all together. Yeah. I've got, I've got some things I want to talk about. Okay. It's key things I've written down. So I think in terms of the plot, before we delve into other stuff, as we always do within the podcast. The plot is identical, by the way, to the first one. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, okay, we, I, know, I don't want to scoot through the whole of the film, but I, there doesn't seem to be a great deal other to talk about other than individual scenes, which are of note. Okay. So yes. if we can just say, right, at the end of the day, Paul Blart, Maul Cop, Saves the day, yes, in a very standard way, yeah, right. Okay, so he employs different ways. So the guns you see at the beginning at the expo, they use. they t- they turn up. The the and his his aim gets better. His aim gets fantastically better. <laughs> his crew of the the other is you know superhero guys. Yeah, superhero guys. The more cops that are of his ilk yeah. uh, they join forces and there's a big fight scene so there's a lot of action in the second half so the yeah. first half is all kind of set up and floppy and the, 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 the <laughs> or the last the third of the film the last third of the film is all kind of a bit action yes it's um, lots of fight scenes and, and action scenes right and ultimately what plays out is um, Paul Blart saving the, day, saving the day in the art you know not being stolen by 
the art thief. I just want to talk about individual scenes that I thought were really cool. Okay. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, um, the vibrating fork. Okay. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, because Kevin James is fat. Yes. And because this is a, another body shaming um, tool that's used within this film, is that um, so in order for him to control the, his portions and control the amount he eats or the, to make sure that he chews enough, he's got a vibrating fork, yeah. which will vibrate when he's had enough or something no, like no, that. So like, as a spoonful... Then yeah. it vibrates, and he has to wait for it to start vibrating before he's allowed to have another right. spoonful. Okay. So it's so power it's, eating. Right, okay, because yeah, he's he, if he's hungry, he gets hangry. Then um, he, uh, he mentions something about when he's on holiday, he's like a fucking black hole or something. Just like, right, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, we all both like that. I'm like that. Yeah, we're well, on fucking holiday, man. All inclusive. In Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so the vibrating fork thing comes back as well at the end. Doesn't he use it? Doesn't someone get in I'll detail how he uses it, because I remember this quite right, right, so, right, right, right. Uh, right. Um... After he's bounced in the input bulletproof, um, which I'm sure is just not true. It's not really bulletproof. It's just... It's the name of the brand. Bulletproof. Um, he bounces down the stairs. Such a strange choice of way of, of trying to dispose of somebody. Yeah, he gets into the suitcase <laughs> at the top of the stairs, which he can't see out of the suitcase. No. So he has to imagine that the baddie is at the bottom of the stairs. Well, he... he, he He's waiting for a very specific time when he's halfway up the stairs, neither up nor down, <laughs> before bouncing the suitcase down the stairs. Now, I know little about physics, yeah, but I know that a lot of injuries are caused not by being shot, yeah, which does hurt apparently and yeah. will hurt you. But so even if you're in a bulletproof case, massive acceleration followed by rapid deceleration. It's going to kill you. Yeah, and also, it, it, what if you're in a confined space as well? The impact you're still imp, you're still impact. There's still impact. Uh, he's being shot at, at the same time, but he. But does... again, unbreakable comes out. Well, a scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he does this. Um, he comes out wet. Then as he's coming out, a security guard comes. Out, I'm sorry, sir. You're not allowed to go into the casino. He didn't say like that because he's American. He's young, right? So I don't know why he's like an old. It's fine, an old butler. Sorry, sir. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Hello, So he comes up to him. He's like, "Oh, you can't. Um, uh, you can't go into the casino soaking wet. I'll come with me and I'll get you a towel." And he's like, "And this is one of those very Inspector Clouseau moments where niche knowledge becomes uh, potent." So right. He's like, "Ah, I recognise your uniform." Um, is 30 years old. Oh, yes, yes. But you're like 20, you fucker. You're not... And they're like... And then they have like a long fight where he crashes in... He gate crashes. There's another strange fucking choices. Um, he goes into a Cirque du Soleil type thing. Oh, God. And to... I, I don't know why, but he chooses to put some wings on. To fit in. <laughs> Does Cirque, that make him fit in? The Cirque du Soleil... I mean, uh, he's walking past... Thousands of costumes with yeah. masks and full body things. Yeah, he yeah. decides that the only way that I'm going to blend in seamlessly is by putting a small pair of angel wings on and running onto the main stage. He runs onto the main stage with his... Yeah. So there's an elaborate thing where he basically trashes the show. People are happy, unhappy about it. Well, they go along with it, don't they? Yeah, they're like... I think someone there's a bit of like overdub where someone goes, Who is this guy? Dubbing. Yeah, there's a special word for ADP or something. I think it's called. Ooh. Weirdly, I know, I know what it's called. But yeah, there's lots of that. DVDA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So that happens, and he's like, gets yeah, and then he runs off, and then he like you say, then he finds it's like, what can I use to? So he's hidden. <laughs> Finally, thinks to himself, rather than running onto a stage that's lit with angel wings on, yeah. he's gonna hide. Um, he finds his vibrating fork, and then decides instantly the best way, <laughs> the best way to kill or to incasperate. No, the best way to um, in, incapacitate. Incapacitate <laughs> um, is to get a small bow. Oh right. Pull a wire out of a wall, attach it to his fork. Oh, he hot wires the fork. He hot wires the fork. Oh my god, I completely forgotten. And then holding the hot wired fork. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not even finding out forks what this big. I'm, I'm doing fingers. Chris, can you describe my finger? Well, there's a distance. <laughs> About a fork's width apart, <laughs> yeah. yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Right, now I'm going to um, mimic. Pulling a bow of sufficient force to fire at 10 yards or so. Ah, uh, right, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it wouldn't work, would it? Chris, can you describe the gap between my two arms it's, now? It's considerably longer. About 20 forks worth? Yeah, probably. Right, okay, so let's... let's all right, okay, so let's imagine that there was a highly strung bow there, which doing only this amount of pull... Which is, would, an, again, a small part, small, uh, smaller area than the first... Smaller distance than the first... Enough to fit a fork on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A bow. Exactly, exactly that. So plus he's holding he's holding the electrified thing. He's holding an electrified fork, which he's hoping will create a charge. So he's he's done this. This guy's twenty yards or so away. Yes, and he manages to fire it in him, and then as soon as he hits him, massive explosion of um, sparks, yeah. um, and incapacitated. Incapacitated. Fork injuries. Through an electrified <laughs> fork. Again, uh, proof that this guy is superhuman. That fork, is, fork in hell. Fork in hell. I'm supposed to, but he's managed, he managed to hold this electrified fork with no no injury to himself. You've 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 described and explained that, that very eloquently, Matthew. Thank you. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, my God. Right, so, okay, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. And you, The second thing is the overripe banana, which... <laughs> okay, right. Okay, so there's cup. There's one. Okay, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh at this scene. Can I just say I didn't laugh in this film whatsoever? No. But I did. I did. <laughs> you did laugh. I didn't did you? like this scene. Right. Okay. Right. Because did I, you smile? I may have. Right. I may have smiled because actually, I don't. I think I had a stony expression throughout the whole film. I just. Yeah. This film was pretty. Was it is, is pretty chalk. Yeah, it was, it was a chalk. The scene where he goes into a warehouse to try and find clues to find his daughter, I think, if I, my memory yeah, really, yeah. Uh, serves me well. Just to work out what's going on. On his uh, little hoverboard. Segway. Segway. <laughs> um, I'll come back to that in a second as well. Okay. He meets uh, Earl or Hugh or Rodney, who's a, a a kind of help a helper or a yeah. member of staff. So back 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 backstage back back maintenance. Back, he's a back dude. Um, he's always at the back. No, he's in like the basement, isn't he? Of like yeah, a hotel. basement. He's like in the. Okay, he's like so a, he's like a warehouse shipping guy. Yes, he's the warehouseman. So he's the shipping guy. He's shipping the art. No, would right. A, would, a, would a casino have a shipping guy? Anyway. Anyway. Paul Blart turns up and wants to get clues. You know, where's this stuff going? You know, blah blah blah. 
He goes, oh, I shouldn't be telling you anything. I go, who are you? Oh, I'm here to um, oversee something. Yeah. I'm, I'm your boss. Internal affairs. Yeah, for so he goes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so that works. But then as he's talking to him, Earl or Hugh or what's his name, Roger, um, he said, do you mind if I have my lunch? And he goes, yeah, go ahead. And so he pulls out a very, very, very overripe banana. It's almost yeah. black. It's black. It's black. It's black. And you know, you know, I mean, I, I, lo- I love a fruit bowl. I love a banana. Um, and there is the op- optimum... Um, ripeness that you should eat a banana because obviously it's too green it's too hard there's no flavor if it's too dark too black it's it's the consistency is all wrong right so you've <laughs> got to get in the right you've got to get the banana in the right place okay yeah. yes this is several stages past that and yeah it's it's black isn't it i mean it's rotten earl hugh roger whatever his name is starts to eat the banana in front of um paul blart yes, he does in the scene Yeah. Okay, actually I'm I'm from Internal Affairs shipping. Yeah. Corporate sent me here to check up on you and your co-workers. Random selection, no need to get too nervous. <laughs> Is it okay? I eat my lunch? Sure, yeah. You might as well. Um I'm just gonna fire some questions at you though, vis-a-vis this particular shipment here. Now where exactly did it wow, that is the brownest banana I've ever seen. That's borderline black. I wouldn't eat that if I were you. That's you're an idiot. He's eating it. I'm gonna throw up a little bit, I think. <clears throat> oh, that's sickening. Oh. I, uh, where, where did this ship from? I don't know. Some man brought a bunch of these down from the presidential suite. Mm-hmm. I, I do find fake joy heaving amu- amusing. Yeah. There isn't very many times I think, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Isn't gonna get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... I like... <laughs> 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 yeah, I, 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 found, I found that quite funny. I'll go through my notes because there's another couple of things I want to say. The other thing I found quite funny was Mini Kiss Tribute Band. Mini Kiss Tribute Band? Yeah, the, the, uh, the people of small stature. Oh, yes. <laughs> so there's a small Kiss Tribute Band and I thought this, they were well done. It was funny. That was it, really. That's all my. That's all my stuff. Mini kiss, the banana, and uh, I. I thought I've got to know his say It's Spy Kids because I think there's a bit. It's Spy, it's Spy Kids, but not. It's for grown ups. It's like they've taken Spy Kid, Spy Kids premise kind of like the, the gadgets. But it's the part of the um, way of making money. Is you. This is why he exhibits no injuries because I think physical violence with injuries elicits a certain amount of response from the certificate board. Right. So if he has like a bloody nose and stuff, kids don't like blood. No. They don't like it. They PG twelve. Boom. And every time one of these films goes up a rating, they lose audience. Yeah, dunk, yeah, dunk, yeah, dunk. So and apparently I've got a. There's a bit of trivia about the film which I found on IMDb, which is they cut a headbutt scene out to bring it for the UK audience specifically right. for that reason. We'll come obviously to proper reviews in a bit, but yeah, uh, the general consensus of the the non insane. Um, higher reviews was the fact that, that it wasn't overly violent. There was no cussing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was no, you know, sex. There was no random usage of boobies. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there is some cleavage. I mean, there. I mean, in, in terms of the, uh, IMD, the IMDb kind of adult area. Oh yes, yes. I've right, got my parental guide. Parental guidance stuff. I mean, there is the sex and nudity section says there is some cleavage throughout, and a, a few women. Shown in bikinis. Well, I don't remember those. 
I must, I wasn't paying enough attention. Um, also, uh, 30 minutes in after Kevin James talks to the manager, there is an extra not wearing any pants, as shown. There's no bare naked ass in this film. There must be an ass. They can't put it as an ass. There's a quick reference to Victoria's Secret, but it's mild. It's mild. Violence and gore. At the beginning of the film, Paul Blart's mother is hit by a milk truck. <laughs> it is played for laughs. Oh, yeah, because that's always funny. Very mild, menacing violence. So you see guys with guns, but you never see really anyone firing a gun, do you? No one shoots at anyone. Bang, 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 do they? He shoots at the suitcase to prove his bulletproof. Right, but yes, there's... there's that, that's very limited use of weaponry, apart from fisticuffs. That, because um, you pointed out the, the scene where um, he meets... This is what I want to talk about, actually, because I was... I actually... <laughs> I actually waited past credits on this film. What? Yeah. Because the scene... You know the scene where they meet in the hallway to do the exchange? Him with the Van Gogh, um, him with his daughter. Right. You know? So he stood there, he stood there. It's almost like Bridge of Spies, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly like that. <laughs> so uh, they're there, and then they, they start having an argument about who's craziest. Oh, I've got that clip, we'll play it now. Yeah. I told you I was crazy. And I told you that I'm crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you can't out-crazy me. My crazy will take your crazy, shove it in a metal tube, fill it with rats, then blowtorch it until the rats have no way to escape except eating their way through your crazy. Wow. You are oblivious to the avalanche of insanity I'm about to unload. You don't know what I will do to you. You don't know what I'll do to you. I will spin around until I throw up on you and your friends. I simply don't care. I'll stick your face in maple syrup and make you sing gospel. How does that blow your hair back, Blart? I will crawl inside you and lay eggs like a baby spider. I welcome it. I've got two different colored eyes. So shall I live my life. I will bring a folk guitar to a pumpkin fight because that's the way I was brought up. Okay, you lost me on that last one. I thought there was a chance this was being ad-libbed. So I was waiting. I thought two comic actors going at it, they could have, like, I'm so crazy, blah, 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 blah. They could have gone mental on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, if they did it, it didn't get... uh, I I, I waited. I got marbleized, and I ended up waiting for a post-credits scene. Yeah, I mean, not... uh, Yeah, I think we're conditioned now to wait for the... We're conditioned, like, what's next? What's next? But then, so then that... This is this ties in what you're saying about the lack of guns. So then he goes, "Well, I brought my crew." Yeah. And then the, his like of all the security guards over there, the the three most physically comedic, four, four most physically comedic turn up, and he was like, "Ah, well, I got my guys," and then his guys that were there, fully armed previously, turn up unarmed, unarmed, yeah, unarmed to support. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. In, in an exchange or, or, or um, situation where you're expecting to maybe encounter trouble in a, in, a, in a hotel which isn't very busy, not busy ever, and there's no other security. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, they turn up and then they have a uh, they have a um, uh, a fight, yeah. which would have been over in seconds had they just brought their guns and just yeah, shot them all yeah. fucking dead. It's a there's a very it's a very elaborate sequence, isn't it? Really this uh, and again, it, 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 I mean, being a, an Inspector Cluzo uh, Cato style fight where accidents keep taking out the, the bad experienced guys. bad guys, yeah, apart yeah. from the the large lady who was clearly rock hard. Yeah, and just oh, beats, she was funny actually. Beats, beats people up. I thought she was she was the only one of the only funny characters in it. Her little skit right at the beginning when she talks about Robocop. He ain't yeah. real. Got some trivia. Did you have you got some trivia? 
um, during that fight you just described, there is a Wilhelm scream. Yeah. And it's yes. a really obvious one. I love the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. I think it's a great cinema. Can you play it now, just in case people don't know what it is? I've got to play it now. Ah! Scary. Yeah. Well, you, you, once you've heard it and you know what it is... It's everywhere. You hear it in everything. It's literally in every film. Pretty much. Uh, the word literally is overused. Yeah. And quite often what people mean is figuratively. Yes. But in this case... Yes. Literally. So yes, the Wilhelm scream is everywhere in Cineworld. Matthew, have you got any other titbits for us? I wanted to go into what we talked about earlier. And I, I like this um, kind of meta thing. Yeah. So we were talking about um, there's a podcast. Mm-hmm. Not this podcast. Another podcast. There's another podcast, yes. There's, in fact, there's several. Dedicated to <laughs> Paul Blart, Mole Cop 2. Of which right? there are three episodes. And some of the thing is they watch this every year yeah. and review it again every year. And to yeah. try and make it sense and uh, make it interesting for themselves, yeah. they create a, a huge sort of subplot or yeah. alternative universe to this. Yes. Um, to the point that some of these made up shit things that they've said about the film have actually started to appear on IMDb. Yeah. And the fact that the piano man is a character called the Shadow Man. Yes. Who initially turns up in there was a, apparently an original script. Which obviously none of this is true. No, no. Where the Shadow Man was canon. Yeah. The Shadow Man was gonna basically test Paul Blart yeah. by randomly murdering him in different situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and you know, this is all so that's in there. The fact that you can play the film alongside Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon twice. Twice and it fits in thematically, I guess. I, I think I think that whole premise is not a lie. I think it's co- co- purely coincidental. Yeah. But uh, according to the, the the podcast, which is the Paul Blart more cop two fucking podcasts. I can't remember the full name. I'll put some links to it. They took the time. Yeah. But now it's in the zeitgeist. And, and, and that, yes, yes. And now, and, it and is, now it's being uh, quoted as fact. So it ain't fact. Power to the it's, podcast. It's interesting. And it's, no, yeah. Well, I, I read, I read the fact about the shadow man and thinking, Ooh, you know, that's an interesting, that's interesting. Thing. And they were going to, they dropped the whole character to, to ground it in reality. And actually this is just a complete, uh, fabrication back from 2015 when they first watched it uh, Thanksgiving. But yeah. yeah, it's a it's a great podcast if you're a fan of uh, nerds talking about Paul Blart and, and Cop Two. This um sort of ties in with um one of the reviews I found. So can I take this outside of the review section? Yeah, please do. Yes. So, so we will do our normal reviews, but I, obviously, like I say, as um a, a rule, what we tend to do is if we hate the film, we tend to try and find um interesting positive reviews and yeah. as well as trying to find these interesting positive reviews I read this and initially I thought it to be um, a, a candidate for one of our interesting positive reviews but then carried on going through it and realised it's a bit of artwork as a review right um, uh, and um, it's by Will- William von Bartlesby yeah who I'm going to look up for further reviews for um, 10 out of 10 Truly an excellent piece of art, one of the best. Right, so check this out. Right, um, perfect ten is not a phrase I throw around often. You can see what drew me in here. I was like, "Oh, this sounds like this bloke's full batshit crazy." So I was like, "Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, be a good yeah, one. yeah." However, this movie truly deserves it. Kevin James, of course, of course, replaces his deeply loved character once again. I couldn't be happier. And honestly, he delivers a performance on par with Robert De Niro in the Godfather Part Two. 
I was sold at this point. I'm like, this guy is fucking mental. Yeah, yeah. And this is going to be brilliant. Um, his character is complex and on many levels a hero. When I was younger, I could only dream of having a movie such as this guiding me through my childhood. For a moment, I see those segue wheels to the ending scene where Paul, where Blah embraces death as part of life. And I'm like, and this one, I'm kind of confused. I'm like, I don't recall. Blade Runner. <laughs> so, so maybe he's put his review in the wrong in the wrong film. Yeah. Um, but he's said the word blart and comes to term with the fact his family died in a tragic fire while he was on duty. Really? Mm. What the fuck? I was laughing and crying. This is one of the best plots of a Kevin James film. Hashtag spoiler alert. Paul Blart has all his escapades in what he believes to be Las Vegas. Unfortunately, that's only a reality he created. As aforementioned, Blart comes to terms with death, etc. To further that, this movie is actually a construction of Blart's despair-filled mind. <laughs> he went to Vegas to originally drink and gamble his problems away until he fell into the deep depression. A very final scene is possibly one of the most tear-jerking scenes I've ever seen in cinema. Blart awakes and walks through the graveyard where his family is buried. <laughs> he breaks down in a flurry of tears before shooting himself in the head, <laughs> thus joining his family. <laughs> Truly, this is an excellent film, worthy of its 10-star rating. Hashtag Blart forever. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. If you read that and then watched this film, you'd be like, you wanker. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. fucking sold me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some cracking reviews on IMDb, which we'll, we'll go to the review section now, everybody. We've got 20 minutes. Um, I'm putting a timer on this one today. Ooh. No, I'm just thinking it's good to have a fucking timer on it. <laughs> so, that I, so that it's I like the like, fact that the emphasis of just like, saying a game with a fuck word in it. 11 o'clock at night, it? And, then, and then there's that. Oh, it's just that bit where he, so he had a crumb cake. What was the thing you could take Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, no, no, it's loads of reviews, like one stars and ten stars. There's lots of middling. There always is on IMDb, and I, I, I do implore you to check out the review sections. They are hilarious. Um, and, and submit your own. I've, I've done it a couple of times, because I'm a fucking savvy. I've got a good one and a bad one, but oh, I, think, okay. I, think, I, th- I think I might... What would you like to do first? Oh, shall I do one first? Cause you, you just do one done... first, I just did that thing. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to do a really bad one. Okay, uh, this was a, a one out of ten. Are oh, you wow. kidding me? Is the title? I'll, I'll do it in the voice because this is uh, what we do. Unfortunately, uh, who are these? Is I'm going to read it as it's as it's written as well because I love it. Who are these? Is people who love this movie? It is a complete waste of time and, and any resources required to produce this steaming pile of garbage. Everyone involved should be ashamed. I ashamed that I watched it. It cost me a whole 75 cents to rent this disaster. And in my history of bad investments, this is definitely the worst offence. Wow. That is how bad I think this thing, I can't even call it a movie, is. I can't even believe I have to write 10 lines to have this posted. How many ways can I say I hated everything about it? The acting was grade school quality. The plot was non-existent. To say every bit of cheap comedy and slapstick was predictable is an understatement. Seriously, I only gave it one star because that's as low as the ratings go. Thank you. Wow. He did not like it. No. I want to to find out about his previous bad investments. Yeah. (laughs) 75 cents. Bloody hell. Yeah, so if that Uh, that ranks up top, then what was his his last one? Did he invest heavily in polo mints? (laughs) Well, the thing is with that voice, Matthew, I'm so 
I was so close to the Austrian thing. <laughs> Get to the chopper. I'm almost there and I have to rein it in. It's so hard to do. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's got legs, but there you go. There you go. Have you got one? I got um, I got a nine out of ten. Ah. Oh. Um, wow, the Americans love this movie. I did it in a clipped <laughs> English because he's talking about Americans. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, I asked my co-workers to recommend a Hollywood movie. I expected Dumb and Dumber by the title. It wasn't that at all. It was a more of an inspirational comedy with some serious but good messages. Help somebody today. <laughs> That's not in there. I just thought I'd add that. It's because that was the inspirational message. That I it got is true. It's inspirational. A more accurate title would be The Legend of Paul Blart. And I would actually I would have preferred that because it would be easier to say repeatedly over <laughs> yes, and over again. Yes. So... Odd to me, this is the bit that got me on this one. Odd to me is that in they speak in part English, part gibberish through the movie. No. <laughs> kind of like some speak Spanglish here, I suppose. I know none of the actors, but the acting was good. So this this guy lives in a yeah. fucking cave. Yeah. He's not even seen the guy that's in every fucking film. <laughs> not even seen him. But the acting was good. Uh, and there was plenty of humour. The characters were believable. Really? They were believable? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Most movie dancing I find a little silly. See, I wouldn't. The first thing I wouldn't go to with this film is would be like, oh, the bit with the dancing. But I find I even like the dancing routines in the bathroom. What? I'll be asking my co-workers for more recommendations after this one. Chip chip. Right. So last That's review good. from me, and this is a ten out of ten as well. Wow. Uh, good, clean American fun. I'm going to just play with the voice. I'm not sure how to do this. I might offend people, but here we go. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I uh, know. I'm, I'm going to read this review. This ten out of ten, a good, clean American film. Which is to see how bad these film, these reviews can get when you allow people free to voice. submit free voice. Yeah. Okay. So listen to this. I'm going to read it normal. Okay? No, no, no. Do the voice. No, 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 no. Do the voice. Which voice? Just the, 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 the Hick American voice. Okay, I'll do a Hick American voice again. This is the kind of film we need more of in America. No profanity, no homos, no murder, no blood, just good, clean, American-friendly food. I am a big fan of Kevin James and his comedy, and I was not disappointed with this film. Loved every minute of this film. The actual film concerns Paul Blart and his daughter's vacation to Las Vegas. Of course, crime and hilarity ensue. You will especially love the scene with the large bird. I found myself laughing out loud at this scene. Kevin James's brother, Gary Valentine, has a wonderful part in this film. I like the way Kevin James looks out for him, family. <laughs> Do yourself, family. No, do yourself <laughs> and your family a favor and catch this film. Yeah. Yeah, he loved it. Yeah, no, so he's a, clearly a, a bigoted uh, American hick. So that's kind of the voice that fits that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies for that. Uh, again, uh, we're British. We don't know any better. So <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that's it for the reviews section. Now I've got one more. Have you got another one, Matthew? I've got one more. I, I, this one I want to read out. Um, sometimes the reviews that people, uh, are, you often read, I had to create an account just so I could review this movie uh, okay. for either good or bad. Yeah, yeah. Other people review religiously. Um, other people, you know, compelled to for other reasons. Um, this person, 
I like it. Right? <laughs> They're playing the long game. Right. These, 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 this person's clearly a, a parent. Okay. That's doesn't have a lot of free time. Um, right. So they're playing the long game and fair play, sir. So I'm going to read this one out and then see if you can spot the long game in this one. Come on, right? then. <laughs> I'm closing uh, my eyes. Okay. First time Tootsie I've seen. First time since Tootsie. <laughs> Start again. Sorry. First time since you've Tootsie. You've built it up so much. <laughs> you've loved the first line. First, it was not even the first line. It's the title. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, go on. <clears throat> Ready? Yeah. First time since Tootsie, I've seen an audience give a clapping ovation. Yeah. Light and funny, this movie is pure and unabashed entertainment. My kids and everyone else in the theatre barely laughed throughout. This movie contains no embarrassing or awkward com- content or innuendo. Again, yeah. this whole obsession with the fact that you can take kids to this film is yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just lots of great and happy slapsticks from the comedic genius of Kevin James. The plot is simple and straightforward. Good guys versus bad guys. Minor bits of light violence and gratuitous and kid-friendly in the manner of Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah. Great good fun. Bring your kids and laugh your head off. Better yet, let the grandparents take them and tell you about it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> ah, see what they did there? Yes, yes, yes. So, like, they're, there, they're sat there going, oh, I need to night off. I just... Yeah, yeah. Just want to be able to go out and watch Blade Runner 2049. yeah. Um, and so this is like or stay at home and, and, and pretend they're going to have an early night but they just fall asleep in front of the sofa on the, <laughs> in front of the sofa <laughs> fall asleep on the sofa in front of the television so yeah this this person is just cracked they've just and they're probably like, oh look 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 look, look mum seen this review yeah yeah, yeah. you liked Tootsie didn't you <laughs> do you remember oh. when you went to Tootsie and they did a standing ovation at the end yes I did yes. Well, well, this film's meant to be just like that how about you take the because it's look according to this it's a uh, slapstick fun from the from the comedy you remember Kevin James you liked him from that programme I'll tell you you remember him yes yes yeah so why don't you because look it says it's probably best if you take the kids <laughs> So you could you could do this, Mum, couldn't you? Couldn't you, Mum? Well, couldn't anything you? to do, anything to help. Yes, of course. If you think that's the right one. But it's just, it says there, but yeah, and you you like him and James and all his friends are in it. <laughs> you like it? Oh yeah, it's a great, it's a great. Um, it's a long, long game. A long game. Long yeah. game. So we're coming to the end of the podcast, Isn't everybody. It? So. Uh, couple of things is again just to say thanks again for all the downloads um all, all three <laughs> and um what episode was this episode six seven no this is episode s- gods of egypt wasn't that piece of anyway, six yes probably it's it's an episode anyway we've this, done quite well we're, we're sure doing of. well we're getting through the genre and uh, that in itself is something to celebrate. So, kind of things. Just thank you ever so much for listening and downloading. It means it means so much. And uh, um, follow us on Twitter at uh, movie underscore bunker, and you can like our Facebook page. We're on Facebook uh, before it's shut down, <laughs> um, and that's uh, movie bunker podcast uh, Facebook page. You can like and look at pictures and things like that. Um, also, we're part of the UK Brit Pop. Brit Pod Scene, which is a nice group of fellow UK podcasters who um, to get behind and share. So if you if you're uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you can follow some great stuff that's being made in the UK. So do that as well. So it's my turn for the next film. 
Tis. If you want to keep going. I, I, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Cause it, I mean, I've got a birthday coming up, so... <laughs> at, at some point, it's going to be, right, so who's turning next to you? So, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. Please make this stop. Uh, it's been four years. No. Did um, you want to do final thoughts? We normally do. What are your final thoughts about Paul Blart World Cop 2? Is it going to remain in the cesspit or is it going to be shelved onto your DVD? It's, it's going to have to remain in the cesspit. Yeah. I, I, as I said, I don't know what took me to the place of watching the first one. Um, it was... Uh, it's identical. His dog gets kidnapped. He has a hyperglamic scene thing. He ends up um, diehard and all over the bad guys. Uh, this happened exactly the same way. It's by the numbers. It's inoffensive. It's the best thing I can say about it. You yeah. could just, I mean, as all the all the positive reviews have mentioned that it, you could you know, safely sit and watch with the kids, and they would probably like the fact that he's fat and falls over occasionally. Yeah, it's it's appealing to a middle American Christian fan base I get because there's no profanity there's no violence there's no homosexuals um, uh, and, and other things there's no on, sex there's no everyone, sex everyone is completely sexless sexless yeah yeah um, I agree uh, for me yeah, again it's another example of a of a, a sequel that is is not required yes and there's many well, many many someone many. made 70 million dollars out of it okay so it's a sequel that we didn't need. We didn't want, but they other, di- other did. people did. Um, I liked a couple of things, and we, I've gone over the notable bits. So the mini kiss band, I thought, were quite funny, and on their own, they would have made a great. It would have been a good film just about the mini kiss, and I liked the the rotten banana. So yeah, you think it's like a Spinal Tap film about mini kiss in Vegas would have been there's. There you, you just go. broke both our arms <laughs> yeah. by stretching. By the way, <laughs> there you go. There's our. That's that's the premise for a new film. Yeah, you can have that one. No, you can actually give me some fucking money for that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Yes. So that's the. Yeah, I've got no more fun. I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> it's it's not coming out of the pit. It's staying in the pit. It's staying in the pit. I'm gonna put my foot on its fucking head. If it was in the swamp, I would ignore it. <laughs> if it was a hyperglycemic fat man in the middle of the mall, I would walk past it. Yeah. Actually, if you see Paul Blart Mall Cop. Out and about. I mean, probably just, you are would, in your I rights would, just to. Not only that, I would go over and I would steal the child's ice cream so, so he couldn't can... receive sustenance. <laughs> oh, if he was eating a Mars bar because he was having an attack, I'd take it off him. Yeah. Die, you fucker. <laughs> uh, okay, so Kevin James rides again. Oh, he didn't. It was 2015 this film was made. Anyway, we're rambling now. Um, so, come on, Chris. Give it, give it so to me. I did something. I did something new. Um, I thought I'd engage the Twitter. Anal. What? <laughs> yeah. No, not that new. Um, I, 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 I put it out to Twitter the followers that we have. Did you do a survey? I did a survey a poll, on Twitter sorry. or a poll. Yes, I polled this on Twitter. So I searched. I thought about you know what what other films we could do. Obviously, <laughs> that's our point. So the three films I had was After Earth, which is the Will Smith vehicle. With his Jayden son, Smith. with Jaden, yeah. Uh, Land of the Lost, a remake with Will Farrell, And Pain and Gain with The Rock, which is the Michael Bay uh, directed film. Which is So they're all they're all quite bad. Actually, Pain and Gain, in terms of its IMDb score, is actually quite high. It's like 6.1, which is probably the highest we've done. But anyway, I wanted to throw it in there because I've heard some shocking things about it. Um, so it came out on top. Luckily, Pain and Gain, because I actually wanted to do it brilliantly. Uh, so Pain and Gain came first. Um, so we're going to do that at 37%. So, so that we'll be able to test our theory if The Rock can save every film. Exactly. The Rock is in this. Mark Wahlberg is in this. And Marky Mark. Uh, the chap who plays the Falcon in uh, Marvel films. And uh, Mackie. And Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie's in this. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's divided critics. Wow. No, actually, didn't divide critics. I think critically, absolutely panned. Right. Um, just for its distasteful and content. And that follows The Rock. The Rock does critically panned films which are loved by the audience. Yeah, but yeah, he does. But, I mean, he's such a wow. character, isn't he? This could be finally one that uh, escaped the bunker. And it's Michael Bay doing something a little bit different other than the smashy, smashy... Smashy, smashy, blowy, blowy, yuppie. Which is... I mean, I'm not a fan of Michael Bay, but we'll see uh, how this goes. I've got a feeling we're not going to like it. Um, I've yet, we've yet to do a film we like. On. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it'd be great, wouldn't it? We should have done Blade Runner 24 and then we could say our argument like bitches. What? what? Blade Runner. Oh, Blade Runner, yeah, but yeah, it's got to be... That's too, that's too good for us. It's far too it's good. It's too good for us. <laughs> we have to know our station like Kevin James. You know, don't aim too high. No, no. But, um, yeah... So the that's it. Then we'll do that. Pain and Gain is the next film, and so we'll, you'll join us in two weeks' uh, time, I guess. And yeah. um, as I did say earlier on, I'll keep bleating on about it. Please, uh, please, please download the podcast. So thanks ever so much, and thanks Matthew. You're welcome, Chris. Can't which way out because that spoiler's definitely with me. He's behind you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> 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 Just wait to win the podcast. Ah! <laughs>